was jubilant. On a stage erected at one end of the path, a band struck up and started playing covers of Hungarian hit songs. The music was so loud it could probably be heard on the other side of town. Inferiority complex or not, at least people here knew how to celebrate, how to live in the moment. And the following morning, nobody, not even the grumpiest old codgers in town, would complain about being kept awake by the noise. They were all probably enjoying the party too, asking their grandchildren to bring them little tasters of the different wines. In front of the stage, a group of youngsters were slouching around, bottles of beer in their hands, and more people were arriving all the while. Anna felt tired. To tell the truth, she'd wanted to go to sleep a long time ago, or at least to withdraw into the peace and quiet of her bedroom. All the greetings, the shrieks of excitement, the kisses on the cheek and the questions about how she was doing had quickly got on her nerves. In Finland, she forgot all about the inquisitiveness of the people of Kanitsa, so gushing it was almost overwhelming. And after the first few days of her holiday, it always managed to exhaust her. She instantly started making comparisons in her mind. In Finland, people do this and that instead. It annoyed her. It was as though she was constantly awarding each place pluses and minuses, as though this would help her decide where she belonged, as though she had to make a choice. But she didn't. Fate had made that decision for her long ago. Anna had arrived in Kanitsa late in the afternoon. After a bad night's sleep, she had set off ridiculously early from her one-bedroomed rented apartment in Koivahayu, taken a cab to the airport, flown south to Helsinki and caught a connecting flight to Budapest. There she had jumped into a hire car, a white Fiat Punto with automatic gears and with such efficient air conditioning that she could still feel the chill in her shoulders, and driven a few hundred kilometres directly south. She crossed the border at Ruska, taking a deep breath once she arrived on the other side, where the Hungarian steppe, the Pusta, stretched out on both sides of the road like the open sea. A few kilometres later, she turned right at the intersection leading to Horgosh, where the houses looked like they might fall down at any minute, and then to Maya Konitsa, which the locals referred to simply as Kanitsa. The transition was too quick. It was like this every time, when a plane shoots into the sky and hurtles through the air at hundreds of kilometres per hour, carrying people from one city and one country to another, the soul has no time to catch up. Its habit is to unwind itself slowly, at its own pace. Anna knew this perfectly well, but she never seemed able to protect herself against the shock. She always went straight to Kanitsa to visit friends as soon as she'd arrived. Instantly she became so agitated that she almost hated the place, regretted ever coming back, and felt as though she was suffocating inside her own soulless body, as though it was the soul, the innermost being, that defined the extremities of our body and protected it from outside attacks. It was a strange feeling, but one that would soon pass. She knew that, too. They sat down in front of a stall belonging to the Nagyasagmeister vineyard and bought three bottles of wine and one of mineral water. 
Anna was with friends she had known since they were at nursery school together. Tibor, Nora, Erno and Vera. Rika hadn't joined them. She'd been feeling ill all day, and she and Anna had agreed to meet up tomorrow. Anna's mouth felt bone dry after the long journey, and she downed a large glass of water. Her friends handed her a glass of white wine, Furmint, which the local vineyard had bottled the previous autumn. This stuff's fantastic. Top-notch, they assured her. You won't find anything better in Hungary, either. This producer, a Kanitsa local, was set to bring Serbian wine culture to new heights, they proudly proclaimed. Anna sipped the wine. It was good. She watched the people walking past and noticed a man standing at another stall with a glass in his hand, looking over at her. For a moment, Anna looked elsewhere and nodded at Tibor's stories, as if she were actually listening to him. Then she